May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 6 and 16 through 18. And whenever you pray, do do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to God who is in secret, and your God who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your God who is in secret, and your God who sees in secret will reward you. Gotta say, I, I, I thought Nora's favorite superhero was gonna be Jesus. <laughs> That's usually the answer of the children's sermon. <laughs> but it's probably good theology that we don't describe Jesus as a superhero, but as more of a, a, a teacher, a guide, a, Savior, a God with us. Say more, <laughs> but the answer usually is Jesus. <laughs> Certainly, Jesus has a central role in today's scripture. And as you can see from the sermon title, today's power is authenticity. And we'll get to that. But what we have at the start here is Jesus make it a pretty stern point about hypocrisy. And about what Nora ultimately did allude to, about authentically and humbly practicing faith, rather than turning it into some type of spectacle. Begs the question, though, if we're going to talk about hypocrisy and receive that challenge from Jesus, do we know what we mean by hypocrisy? So, I'm going to open it up to the room. What makes someone A hypocrite. If they do one thing and say another. another. That's a very good working definition. In fact, that is pretty much in line with the modern definition, which did my due diligence and checked a few different sources. And I think our modern understanding pretty much boils down to that, a person who acts in contradiction to their stated beliefs or feelings, saying one thing but doing another. There is a contradiction or a disconnect between the values, the stated beliefs, and the actions. Now, the word hypocrite comes from the Greek word hypokrites, which means an actor or a stage player. And it actually has a slightly different nuanced meaning than how we use it today. The Greek word itself is a compound made of two different Greek words that literally translate as an interpreter from underneath. 
It's an odd phrase that perhaps makes a little more sense when you know that actors in ancient Greek theater wore large masks to mark which characters they were playing. <laughs> they acted and interpreted the story from underneath the mask. Interpreters from underneath. So in wider Greek use, hypocrites was used to refer to someone who was wearing a figurative mask or pretending to be someone or something they're not. There's not just that disconnect or contradiction of actions and beliefs. There is a deceit involved. So in Jesus' time, one who prays like a hypocrite or fasts like a hypocrite they're not simply disingenuous or struggling to follow through on their beliefs. They are downright and intentionally deceptive. They are acting with a mask. And this act of deception is far more perilous to the spiritual life than simply failing to follow through in our beliefs with perfect consistency. Throughout his ministry, in fact, Jesus urges grace for those who are sincerely and faithfully trying, yet missing the mark. However, he also sternly rebukes those who live by deceit on purpose. So, what's the big deal? What's the big difference? How can this biblical framing of hypocrisy help steer us to a more faithful, life-giving spirituality? Amen. Two examples. I want to share two examples of the harm that is created by this deception-based hypocrisy before moving on to our superpower of authenticity. Let's start with that, the first and foremost, the act of deceiving others. Taken most clearly, that is what Jesus is lamenting in these examples, as in many others in his ministry and teaching. He is lamenting an outward faith that is, gain, that is worn to gain the approval of others, worn like a mask in public that is then discarded away in private. Again, this is different than one who is trying but failing to walk the spiritual path. This is a public charade that makes a mockery of an otherwise good spiritual path that is being sought. Prayer is a good thing. Almsgiving, charity, and reparation are good things. Acts of fasting from, an, from consumption and an over-consuming society, this is a good thing. That's why it becomes so painful and harmful to deceive others with deceitful versions of these practices. It's probably no surprise to many in this room that throughout the 90s and early 2000s that the number one reason folks cited for leaving the church was centered around the hypocrisy of hanging banners that say all are welcome and telling others to love your neighbor while actively excluding and oppressing the LGBTQ plus community. Droves of people left the church during those decades because they viewed it as a hollow, hypocritical institution. A few of those folks who left, I think, wound up here. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's not just the church. We see this all the time in politics. We see this all the time this past week in politics. We also see it in the private sector. With many of the worst global polluters running greenwashing campaigns to tout their ecological actions, while at the same time actively funding lobbyists to dismantle environmental policies that we need to protect our future. Wearing a mask to deceive. Such hypocrisy is harmful not only because it deceives others, but because it chips away at trust in sincere and important movements. How many times have folks here found themselves needing to explain, no, Really, we take the teachings of Jesus seriously here and reject the greed or homophobia or white supremacy power narratives that other Christian churches may espouse. The deception hurts others and harms the very good, liberating teachings of Jesus that should and could be a source of love and liberation for all. Hypocrisy deceives others and in deceiving others, it hollows the teachings and harms the spiritual movement. But there's more than just the deception of others going on here. See, there is also a deception of the self. By focusing so much on the outward appearance and that public approval, the individual, the hypocrites in this story, they are never actually engaging authentically in the spiritual practices at hand. By performing for others, the heart is set in the performance, not the personal practice. The hypocrite receives the reward they are searching, the approval of others. They do not receive the godly reward which is the, the spiritual growth, the deepening, the transformation that comes when we do humbly and honestly wrestle with how to give more fully of ourselves, how to pray more openly, how to fast from consumption in an over-consuming society. It would be like if I stumbled upon the, the perfect sunset and then spent the next 20 minutes trying to figure out how to get the perfect selfie picture. Uh, you know, looking and playing with the camera, the angles, the filters, all while trying to figure out how to take the best picture to post on social media to gain the most likes, comments, and approval. Was I there at that sunset? Yes, technically. I've got a picture to show for it. But was I truly present? Was I slowing down, taking it in? Was my heart, my spirit in that moment? Or was I chasing something outside of myself? Hypocrisy deceives the self. And in deceiving ourselves, we miss the chance to grow. We miss the godly reward of spiritual growth that comes with honest spiritual engagement. Now it's probably worth a quick detour here to note that God is not deceived and neither is Jesus. But I do believe that they are being dishonored. 
Okay, we've made it about 10 minutes into the sermon thus far, and we've come up with the brilliant insight that hypocrisy is not good. <laughs> what does that actually mean for us? Well, when we consider the biblical understanding of hypocrisy, of play acting with a mask, I think what we gain is the insight that moving beyond hypocrisy is not a matter of incrementally improving or perfecting our actions. It's about ending the deceit, about setting aside the public performance in favor of honest personal engagement, however messy and uncelebrated that may be at times. The remedy for hypocrisy is not more or better actions. The remedy for hypocrisy is authenticity. And friends, that I believe is one of the secret superpowers of this congregation. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from folks that they landed here because it was the first or only spiritual home that seemed to honestly be wrestling with the gray areas of doubts, hardships, and injustice in our sacred and secular world. And that, that seemed so rare and so special to find in a church. I'm sad that that is a comment that I hear from so many people. And yet, I'm also not surprised. If hypocrisy deceives others and harms the spiritual movement, then authenticity invites others in to the hard and humbling work of following Jesus. If hypocrisy deceives ourselves and squanders opportunity for growth, then authenticity invites us to journey deeper and walk more closely with God. The remedy for hypocrisy is authenticity. And I've got a wonderful example to take home with everyone. This mask, you may notice, is very crumpled. That's because it is my daughter's mask that she received and played with a lot when she was uh, an older one-year-old, a young two-year-old. And I have been thinking about this mask and this passage for a number of years because she used to love playing, I think she called it playing monster. But she would take this mask and put it on and would roar and chase you around the house. You know, classic little kid game. But what struck me is that when she picked up this mask, she saw which side the lion was on. And she wore it like this. Because that is the way that she sees the lion. That, to her younger self, is how you wear the mask. You should be seeing the thing that you are being. And so for a number of months, she would find her mask, flip it around, put it on, see the monster, be the monster, walk the walk, talk the walk, roar the roar, and play the game. And I thought, how perfect. We live our lives trying to put the mask outward. And here, in her developing state of being, her natural inclination is to face the mask inward. Begin with the inside. Practice personally first. 
It's not that our actions, our outward actions and, and beliefs don't matter, they do. But when we seek the outside first, we disconnect from the deeper process. When we flip that mask around, when we focus on personally engaging in the spiritual work in authentically embracing the hope and challenges of the gospel, then we allow God's spirit to take work. We allow ourselves to be changed. And then I think we can go forward and do big, bold, beautiful things, even things worthy of being celebrated. But that is not the, that is not the end, or, or that is not the means to the end. The focus is on true, authentic, spiritual engagement. The remedy for hypocrisy is authenticity. I'll close with this. Friends, we are, of course, no perfect church. We are not perfect people. There are certainly other faith communities that are bigger and shinier than we are. But I'll tell you this. We are honest and authentic people, trying to humbly balance our calling to do justice, love mercy, and sow peace in our world. And so when we find ourselves wrestling with sacred and secular questions alike and anew here in our changing lives and world, encourage us to heed these teachings of Jesus. May we not pray or give or fast or act as the hypocrites do. Rather, may we first and always continue to engage in the messy yet meaningful spiritual journey of authentically trying to follow God, not seeking the praise of others, but seeking God's peace and love. Flip the mask, or better yet, set it down. Let's embrace whatever is to come together authentically, and that itself kind of like a superpower in this world. So let's give it a try. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.